It's Sunday morning, and I'm talking about Christmas. And believe it or not, the 70 weeks of Daniel is the cure for Christmas. Christmas is Christ's Mass. It's Roman Catholicism. And Roman Catholicism came out of the sun worship of Babylon. And the mass is eating human flesh. I don't know why people can't look at the word Christ mass and understand it is Roman Catholic. It has nothing to do with us. We're not supposed to be doing that. I have heard John MacArthur preaching on Christmas this past week. He preaches real good messages, but he titles it Christmas this or Christmas that. John, get that Christ Mass out of your language. I will celebrate Christmas with you under one condition. Get rid of all the paganism out of it. First of all, get rid of this heathen word, Christ Mass. Get rid of the date, December the 25th, which was the birthday of the sun gods of the ancient world, particularly Mithra in Rome. And you could find that in the McClinic and Strong Encyclopedias by looking up the word Mithra. It was the chief sun god of Rome back in the first century. And if you'll get rid of all the holly and the greenery, that was something they hung up around their temples in the Scandinavian world. The Scandinavian world is those higher countries up above Europe, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland. Those are countries where they had the sub-zero weather, and they said since, uh, since these trees, these evergreens could live in that sub-zero weather, and all of that holly and granary, they took those down, hung that around their temples, and gathered around what they called a wassailing bowl. That was a big bowl around the uh, uh, some big table, and it was full of alcoholic beverages, and they drank from it. There was an old movie with uh, an old movie actor, I can't think of his name, one of the real handsome guys. It was called Ivanhoe. And Ivanhoe, in that movie, they gathered around the wassailing bowl and they're drinking and singing that old wassailing bowl song, Deck the Halls with Boughs of Holly. That doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, not at all. I've got so much information on Christmas, I don't know what to... I don't know how to get it to you. It's just not possible. One message won't do it. Ten messages won't do it. Christmas is about everything in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it was the Old Testament gods, little, notice the little g, that Israel went after Israel went after because they did not want to keep the sabbatical years. In fact, I want you to notice something. I just kind of noticed this past week. 
I was thinking about it and noticing it. The sabbatical years, the sabbatical years was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Every seven years, every seven years they had a year they had to let the land alone, leave it alone. They couldn't harvest anything. They couldn't harvest. They couldn't plant. They had to leave the land out there and allow it to restore nutrients that had been pulling up into the crops. And God's promise in Deuteronomy 28, Exodus 15, and over in Leviticus 26, if you obey me and all of my... If you obey me, you'll find this... Probably my favorite chapter is Deuteronomy 28. He said, Obey me, your crops will be full. You'll have more than you can eat. Your storehouses will be just loaded down with with uh, wheat and corn and so forth. Storehouses. And your children will be healthy. Children will be healthy. They won't be stillborn. They won't be born dead. And you'll go against your enemy. This is what it says. Enemy, one way. One way. And they'll flee seven ways. He said, but if you're disobedient to me, he said, you're going to have all the crops you need. Well, they say, well, we can't give up every seven years. We can't do that. I've said it a thousand times here. Every farmer knows that you have to rotate your crops. All farmers know that. We've had some come here. And I had one come here a while back. He said crop rotation is everything. If you own a track of land out in in Kansas, you've got a thousand acres, you got it divided up into areas. You have to plant certain fields at certain times. And you can't plant all of them with the same crop all every year. If you do, and they have to know which ones to rotate, which ones will grow certain foods at certain times. And when they, the crops begin to uh, slough off uh, as far as rich crops, they have to call a farm agent out and get him to take a sample of the soil, take it into... Uh, into his laboratory and test it and see what they need to put into it. That's what a farm agent is for. Uh, you remember the farm agent on uh, on Green Acres with that real dumb guy? <laughs> what was his name? Uh, huh? Remember that? He'd come out and he was just dumb as a rock. He was the farm agent. And, of course, they never did go anything any good. Well, that's, they'd have to have a real farm agent. And I'm a little bit familiar with that. If you sell a house in real estate and it's on a, it's on a septic system, you've got to have, I, I'd have to go up here, to the environmentalist up in Gallatin, get one of them to come out and test the soil to see if the ground would perk and absorb the the septic systems. Um, I even had some that didn't that didn't work. Uh, that somebody had paid somebody off to get it to pass. 
And that's what this is about. That's what these were about. God didn't explain to them why. I'm going to show you something. You would think that the main reason God would say, I'm going to scatter you all over the earth. The reason he would say that, they were going after these sun and tree gods. Sun and tree, which was Baal and the grove. Grove is the word Asherah. A-S-H-E-R-A-H. Asherah means upright god, upright goddess. She was a tree goddess, a tree goddess, and she was identified with the moon. With the moon. Where do you get all that, Jim? I get a lot of it out of these books here that I've got McClinic and Strong and and you can get you can't exhaust the McClinic and Strong if you live to be a thousand years old and you research these every day of your life you can't you can't get all the information out and the same goes for the Encyclopedia of Religion by Hastings it's just phenomenal but those were printed long before these modern encyclopedias, those were printed in the 1800s. The Hastings was printed around 1904, 1903. And they put information they don't put in now. Here's the amazing thing to me. They went after these gods and they gave these gods, they gave these gods credit, credit for their crops. For all their food, you can find that directly uh, stated in Hosea, the second chapter. And God would say, you've gone after your lovers. And lovers, his references to Baal, Grove, and every God that they're equal to. When you look up Baal, it'll say the Hercules of Tyre. Of course, Tyre is right above Israel, and that's what got that's what got Israel involved was Tyre and Sidon up here. Tyre and Sidon. Now this shows you when you mix with the wrong people and you run with the wrong crowd, this will show you what you're into. There was Ahab was the king of northern Israel. Ahab. He was the king of northern Israel, and his palace was up here right on the border of Tyre. Somehow, one night, he runs into the king of Tyre's daughter, king of Tyre. And his daughter was Jezebel. And the gods of her father, Ethbaal, means with Baal, Ethbaal, it is pronounced Baal. Baal it means the Lord, but God would forbid his people to call him Baal because that's what they called that fire god. And he meets, Ahab meets, somehow meets Jezebel. They're right on the border. Why wouldn't he? Maybe he decided to go over one night at a party and see what was going on. He meets her, marries her, and brings her down into northern Israel and adapts her gods, her 
Baal and Grove into northern Israel and you'll find that over in 1 Kings the 16th chapter and he brings them down and he does something that is insane he makes Baal and the grove he builds temples for them temples for them in northern Israel and at that time the Levites the priests of God say we won't have this and they head south into southern Judah but the amazing thing when God says he's going to scatter them over and over and over again in the Old Testament I don't know if I gave you the paper that's that I pulled out of my Strong's Concordance on scatter he says over and over again if you go after these other gods and they did for a 500 year period under kings they went to Baal in the grove and not just Baal in the grove but anything that was kin to Baal again kin to the sun god and the tree goddess they went after all of it they would go every nation that was around Israel they were they were adept in all their gods this is Jordan here southern Jordan was Moab northern Jordan was Ammon and Ammon Jordan is the capital of Jordan so they would go after these gods they'd go after the gods of Egypt Israel did this they'd go after Amun-Ra A-M-E-N-R-A they'd go after Osiris and Isis and they had a thousand gods in Egypt just so many you couldn't count they went after all those gods they could pull in they went after the gods of Syria they had a god in Syria named Remon Remon it was represented as a mother of the gods sitting on a stool with her hand out and she had a pomegranate in her hand and she was said to be this magnificent uh, goddess of all men which was nothing but a convolution of Eve every one of these gods came out of Babylon Revelation 17 and 5 says Babylon was the mother the mother of all harlots of course needless to say Israel went after the gods of Lebanon which is Tyre and Sidon and and that would be Baal and the grove and all the other deities when you get into the Asherah you get into Ashtaroth or Ashtoreth would be singular you also get into Ashtart you get into Ishtar and all of these are derivatives of the same thing according to the historians Ishtar and from Ishtar we get Easter which was a spring goddess of the British people there and that's where it snuck into our system all of these Easter, Ishtar, Ashtart, Ashtaroth Ashtaroth was a generic term for all the female deities you won't believe what you come up with looking up Ashtaroth and McClinic and Strong. It says some of the most outrageous things.
it tells you in McClinic and Strong that Venus was these goddesses. It was the same thing as Venus. When you look up wish in a Webster's Dictionary, wish, you look up wish, it will say Latin Venus. Venus is the Latin word wish. What is it they wished for? This gets back to demons. They were wishing for all that was in the tree. All that's in the world. The world. The lust of the flesh. John said the lust of the eye and the pride of life. That's what Eve saw in the tree. Now when you Look up the tree in the two Babylons. Mr. Hislop will tell you the tree was all the was the giver of all divine gifts to man. All this gift giving has to do with something called the Feast of Saturn, which was around long before Jesus was born. So when you look at these while God says, I'll scatter you, when he said that, he didn't say, I'm going to scatter you because you worship these gods. Once he gets them over here, away from Israel, they'll have no reason to worship those gods anymore because they said those gods were giving them their excessive crops. Let me show you something that's really interesting. Go over here in Daniel 9. And I can't preach on the 70 weeks of Daniel on one Sunday. But the 70 weeks of Daniel is the cure for Christmas. That's what it is. What will pull them away from their gods is get them out of their land make them just poverty stricken when the Babylonians came in and carried southern Judah away Nebuchadnezzar burnt the, burnt the city to the ground plowed it up there was no semblance of a city there of what it had been it looked like a wasteland that's how they would he tore down the temple burnt the temple burnt the city pulled the houses down and after a couple of years, it looked like just a bunch of fields out there. That's what Jerusalem looked like, or the whole state. Now look over here in Daniel 9. Now Daniel is in Babylon. He's over here in Babylon. He's been carried away. God said, you say, Jim, you keep repeating yourself. Well, I don't know how else to say it. I don't know how else to do it but to repeat it. Because I, this, when I look at all of this, this is one picture in my mind. The 70 weeks, the demons, all that's in the world was distributing fortunes, wasn't it? That's the very meaning of the word demon. D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N. 
And how many wishes do you get from a genie? If you were in Israel, they call their ancestors D-A-I-M-O-N-I-O-N, Damonion. This was ancestor worship. They called them in the Islamic world genies. Genie comes from the word gene. Gene. And gene is your makeup. If and they called them fairies in the among the Celts, the, most of the Celts settled in England. That was the Druids. Uh, which were very evil sect, and they called them guardian angels among the Greeks. And what they called guardian angels, all these gave you your wishes, and the genie, supposed, you're supposed to get three wishes, all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Pride of life. And if you were American Indian, they called them totems. Totems. Totem means kinfolk. And all of these people said that their gods were their ancestors and they deified them as little G-O-D-S. I've got that in so many books. I can't even begin to verify it so many times. It's, it's overwhelming to me. It's not one time that's mentioned. It's mentioned in all these books of these sociologists through the years that have kept records of our history. Now, so they called them totems. And that was their kinfolk. I don't know why I put king. Kinfolk. That was kinfolk. They were deified, and you get the three wishes from the genies, so forth. Now, when God scattered Israel, they were a nation under kings, kings, from 1 Samuel to through 2 Chronicles. This is the history of Israel as a nation. If you don't learn anything else, learn these books and the characters in them because they're all the kings of Israel, starting with Saul, Actually, God was their first king. He was the first king. But they said, give us a king. We don't like, we don't want Samuel's heathen sons leading us. And they were heathens. There were several sets of sons, and Samuel had two of them. So they said, give us a king. So God says, I'll give you a king. I'll make him of the wrong tribe. He'll be of the tribe of Benjamin. So when he made Saul of Benjamin, Benjamin is the twelfth son of Jacob. The king doesn't come out of Benjamin. He comes out of Judah, the fourth son of Jacob. So when God picked out Saul, he picked the wrong tribe, and God's going to have to bring an evil spirit upon Saul to turn Saul away from God and to make him rebellious against God. That was God's plan. When the Bible says God repented himself and he made Saul king, he didn't find an island in a Baptist church and walk down the aisle and start crying, say, I want to repent. No, he changed. The word repent there means to change. Shub. S-H-U. 
WB. God changed his direction because he had planned to change it when he picked out Saul of the tribe of Benjamin. He couldn't be the right king, so he was the wrong king. And then he comes in and God appoints David to be king. He's of the tribe of Judah, right king. Now, from the kings, Saul the first king, to Zedekiah the last king, when you go through these kings, you'll see Saul was the first man king. I call him first man king. He wasn't the first king. The first king was God. And that was the Jewish nation, wasn't it? So God was king of the Jews, wasn't he? Well, who was the king of the Jews? Jesus was the king of the Jews. That was Jesus pre-incarnate when he'd go to these men and talk to them. So, from Saul all the way down here to Zedekiah. Right down here. That's the last king. huh? You've got it on the clicker there, too. It's on that. Well, yeah, I probably do on the clicker. Let me see here. If I can find it, I need a way to be able to find these things. Well, I can go all day long doing this, can't I? <laughs> all right. This is the divided kingdom after Saul after Solomon had allowed his 700 wives and 300 concubines to keep their gods. I don't have the first king. Saul, Saul, David, and Solomon belong up here, right here. Then this, the kingdom is split. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. And all of these are sons of the previous king. These are not. Over here is northern Israel. All you had to do was rise up and get you an army and try to overthrow a king, and you could do that here. But that's not the real part of the kingdom. That is northern Israel, which was ruled by Joseph, particularly Joseph's son, second-born son, Ephraim. So when the Bible's mentioned Ephraim, it's talking about these kings. And then this is the surviving kingdom right here, down to Zedekiah, the last king of all of Israel. And then they were carried away. But I want you to notice what the Bible says, the reason they were carried away. Look over here in Daniel, the ninth chapter. I just really got to thinking about this. It doesn't say they were carried away to get them away from their gods. Because, but because they were worshiping their gods, they were giving their gods credit for their crops. God says, those are my crops. I don't want to read the second chapter of Hosea. But they're saying the corn and the wine came from our lovers, our Baal, our grove, all the rest of our gods. And God says, I gave you those crops. Don't you give credit to these idle gods that have no breath. So when he carries them away, what does he say it's for? 
look over here in Daniel 9. Daniel 9. Daniel is in Babylon. There were three deportations out of Israel. Three deportations. The last prophet to prophesy in Israel was a man, the last one to bring judgment on Israel was Jeremiah. He prophesied 40 years to Israel from approximately 626 B.C. to 586 B.C. And that's when they were struck to the ground. There were two deportations that were peaceful before this 586. One was in 5, excuse me, 605. That was a peaceful deportation, 605 B.C. I can't go into all the reasons right now. And then they had one in 597, 96, somewhere in that neighborhood, B.C., and that was a peaceful deportation. This 586, that was cutting Israel to the ground. And they carried everybody away except the poor. And Jeremiah stayed in Israel with the poor. He was given the op opportunity to go to Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar told his commander, Nebuchadnezzar, He was the commanding general of Nebuchadnezzar's host. And he told Nebuchadnezzar, you go in there and take care of this Jeremiah. He was an honest man. He tried to warn these people, tell these people that I was going to come and I was going to carry them away and slaughter them and butcher them. And they haven't listened. But I want you to notice why he, what he said. I just got to noticing this myself if you noticed it you noticed it before I did now I want you to notice what he says why he carries him away Daniel 9 and Daniel's in Babylon Daniel and Ezekiel are in Babylon and Jeremiah's over here in Israel it's a long way from Babylon to Israel if you go by the way of the best, if this is Babylon, Babylon is the same thing as Iraq. That's Babylon. The Euphrates River runs right down here through Iraq, and the city of Babylon was built upon it. So if you're going over here, you can't, go, can't travel through this port here. That's Saudi Arabia. It's all desert. So always you had to come north, and attack Israel from the north. The Bible says over and over again that Babylon came from the east. Well, they did. But they attacked Israel from the north. When you see that, there's a reason for that because they couldn't travel through the desert. So they come from the east. They come up north, come up through Lebanon or Tyre and Sidon and come down and attack Israel that way. Now, Daniel's over in Babylon. He's been carried away. It's believed he was carried away in this second deportation in 597 along with Ezekiel. Ezekiel and Daniel carried away. 
They're over in Babylon. And uh, Daniel is crying unto the Lord here in Daniel 9. And Daniel is saying, we have sinned. He reminds me of Ezra, of Ezra, the ninth chapter, and Daniel, the ninth chapter, remind me of each other. Ezra's crying out to God, we have sinned and the people are intermarrying with these pagans over here. And Daniel is saying the same thing in this ninth chapter. Lord, how long are we going to be in captivity? They were in captivity for 2,600 years until the Gentile rule over them was fulfilled. And that happened May 14th, 1948. And particularly, I can't leave this out, Daniel 9, not Daniel, uh, Luke 21, 20, Twenty-one, twenty-four. The Jews shall fall by the edge of the sword. They'll fall by the sword. And they'll be led away captive into all nations because of what they did when they were a nation going after Baal and the grove and Shemosh and Molech and all those hundreds of gods that Israel went after because they were going after and these gods were not gods they were their imagination just like the genies just like the demons are their imagination so Daniel is crying out to God how long are we going to be in this captivity and the angel of the Lord comes to Daniel about the time they well let me read in verse 21 and the person that comes to Daniel is Gabriel God's messenger his angel that brings messages yea while I was speaking in prayer even the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning being caused to fly swiftly touched me about the time of the evening oblation you say, I don't know what an oblation is. Well, that's not hard. Oblation is a bread offering. Every evening, every evening, they would offer around 6 o'clock or at sundown, offer a lamb on this altar right here. There's the brazen sea. Here's the veil of the temple, the Ark of the Covenant, seven candlesticks, the table of showbread, and the altar of incense. This is the eight-inch thick veil. Some say it's about eight inches thick. Every evening they would offer a lamb and a bread offering. The bread offering was called an oblation. It's not hard. It's real simple. Now, so Gabriel came about the time of the evening oblation, being caused to fly swiftly touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And Gabriel was talking to me, Daniel said. And he informed me, you want to know how long you're going to be in captivity? And talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee 
skill and understanding at the beginning of thy supplications the commandment came forth and I am come to show you Gabriel says I've come to show you Daniel how long you're going to be in captivity everybody is familiar with the bondage of Israel aren't we bondage was when they were in Egypt bondage was 400 years but I've never even talked to anybody that knew that Israel was in captivity for 2,600 years from 586 B.C. when they went, the last one went into captivity until 2,600 years later, May 14, 1948. They became a nation. This has to do with the end of time. May 14, 1948. You can't preach prophecy without preaching Christmas. You can't preach Christmas without preaching prophecy in the 70 weeks of Daniel and tongues. All of it goes together. When they were scattered, they end up all over the world for 600 years, 600 plus years until Acts 2, and they were all speaking a different glossa and these were Jews from every nation under heaven and a different dialect of the Greek language. A different dialect. If you scatter all over the world for 600 years, you're going to be learning the language of the people where you are scattered to, aren't you? That's what you're going to do. And that's what they did. They're all over the world. And they had three festivals according to the law of God three feasts that all of them had to come back to their scattering had their scattering did not make the feast null and void they had to come back anyway so when they were scattered passover pentecost and the feast of ingathering which was coupled with the day of atonement which was also ingathering was also the feast of huts and it was also the feast of tabernacles they were all the same. They All the males that were devoted had to come back even when they were scattered. But they're scattered and they're speaking all of these different languages after 600 years. And they can't understand each other when they come together at these festivals. That's the whole purpose of the tongues. They said, how hear we ever man in our own dialect wherein we were born. And they all had to come back. I've showed you this map so many times. This comes out of the compendia. Here it is, right here. This shows Jews that had been scattered all over the world as of their apostasy when then he went after Baal in the grove and God kept warning them I'll send the sword the famine the pestilence over and over the sword will be when your enemy comes in and slaughters you and famine will be either no rain or too much rain or it'll be locusts that comes by the hundreds of billions and they'll blacken the sky and when you see him coming You'll be terrified, crying and weeping. Oh, God, what do we do now? The food source 
was their main problem. They didn't have supermarkets. They didn't have curb markets of any kind. They didn't even have a really good ways of storing their crops. They didn't have any way to keep fish. They didn't have any way to keep. They didn't even have any way to keep these other things, whether it was corn or wheat. But God says, "I'll overflow your your silos, your storehouses." If you obey me, but if you disobey me and you go after these other gods, I'll scatter you. So when he scattered them, when Israel was scattered, let's read this here. At the beginning of the supplications, the commandment came forth, and I come to show thee, this is Gabriel talking, for Gabriel is the announcing angel of God. Michael is the death angel. You don't want Michael visiting you. Somebody's going to die, and it'll probably be you if he visits you. Michael killed 185,000 soldiers in one night by himself. And he only used his little finger. <laughs> Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. These are Gabriel's words to Daniel. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city, upon you and upon Jerusalem. Seventy, it's not weeks, it's the word Shabua. S-H-A-B-U-A-H. Shabua means sevens. Seventy sevens are declared upon your people because you never kept sabbatical years for 490 years. Boy, after 490 years, it's a wonder the ground would grow anything. They just literally sucked the life out of the ground. You can't do that if you're a farmer. After 490 years never keeping the Sabbath, they had 70 sets of those sabbatical years. 70 times 7, that's called the 70 weeks of Daniel. That is the very key, the bridge between the Old and New Testament. Now, 77s are determined on our people. To do six things, the number that's assigned to man throughout the Bible. To finish the transgression that you've gone after all these other gods. And you haven't kept the laws of God. To make an end of sins. An end will come to the sins at the end of the 77s. To make reconciliation for your sin, for your iniquity. That word reconciliation is a very interesting word, kafar. It is the same word as atonement. To atone for what you've done to God, Israel. You ever feel like you have to atone for what you've done? You don't have to atone. Jesus atoned for those that believe him. To bring an everlasting righteousness. That won't happen till the end of time. And to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. I usually go into this in great depth. I'm not going to do that right now. I will say this about anoint the most holy. This is a very interesting point. The most holy was the holy of holies, the inner sanctuary. 
That was the most holy. If this is the temple, and here's the veil, there's the Ark of the Covenant, the candlesticks, table of showbread, and the the altar been sent. These were the the six pieces of furniture at the temple. And it was the Levites that had the job of ministering to all this. Here's the brazen sea. And the high priest would come through here. And on the Day of Atonement, the Day of Kafar, he would cleanse this outer sanctuary, offering the prescribed sacrifices. He would come in and anoint this area in here. This area in here was called the inner sanctuary. Inner sanctuary. Sanctuary comes to the word sanctify, which means to set apart. So, and then when he would anoint this in here, this another name for this was Holy of Holies. And the main reason is because God would come down out of that cloud and sit upon the Ark of the Covenant and rule Israel from there. That had to be Jesus pre-incarnate. So, he would come in here and he would anoint this area right here. This area right here was called the house of God because he lived here in the sanctuary means to build a house or to be married to Israel so this was called the house of God in the New Testament you got the same thing you got a holy of holies or a house of God and the Bible says Christ as a son over his own house whose house are we we are the holy of holies because he lives in us christ in you the hope of glory what does that say to anoint the most holy if you anoint the most holy it's talking about anointing the entire house of god which would be everyone in eternity that was the predestinated elect of god predestinated elect elect of God so to anoint the most holy means to finish up the entire last person that comes into the kingdom when you see the seventh trumpet sounding in Revelation 10 and 7 10 and 7 the Bible says the mystery of God, which is the church, is finished. That verse there would apply to this verse over here. The mystery of God is finished. And finished is T-E-L-E-I-O-T-E-S. Teleotes, it means complete. You can tie Revelation 10 and 7 with this verse right here to anoint the most holy 
It'll be when the last person comes into the kingdom. There'll be one person out there somewhere in time that'll be the last person to come into the kingdom. And the most holy will be anointed and the end will be here. And I don't believe that's far away. Now, let's read the rest of this. I can't, don't have time to go through all of this. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop right here and go to these, the times where the different writers of the Old Testament speaks of these 70 weeks. Go over here to Second, Second Chronicles 36. Second Chronicles 36. This is where Nebuchadnezzar is sending his armies in to destroy Israel, particularly southern Judah. Southern Judah is destroyed. Let me erase some of this so I can use this. I can always put it back on the board when I need to. All right. I want you to notice what he says. He doesn't say, any of these writers don't say, we're going to have you out of the land for 70 years till, remember, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They had 70 of these sabbatical years where they never kept their Sabbath, 490 years. 70 times seven. I have to remind you of that. And he doesn't say, we're going to put you over in these lands 70 years till you quit worshiping your gods, your idol gods. He doesn't say that. That's not what he said. Notice what he says. I didn't even think about this till this last week. Maybe you thought about it. Nebuchadnezzar's coming in. Second Chronicles thirty six, Second Kings twenty five. These this is this is the annihilation. Of Jerusalem and Judah, the southern kingdom, by Nebuchadnezzar. He sends in Nebuchadnezzar and his commander. He's head of the operation. Now, you have to remember this is in 586 BC. It was in 722 BC that northern Israel was carried away. Northern Israel, the ten northern tribes were carried away. 
and they were carried away by the Assyrian kings, which is northern Israel, a northern, excuse me, northern Babylon. And I want you to see what it says that he's going to do, why he's carrying them away. Nebuchadnezzar comes in. God says, I sent my prophets to him to preach to him. They didn't listen. Reminds me of America. America's not listening. I'm telling, I don't believe I'm a preacher of conversion. I believe I'm preaching judgment just like Jeremiah was. Just like Isaiah did. They, Isaiah preached for to northern Israel for 50 years. Jeremiah preached to southern Judah for 40 years. Nobody listened. Verse 16, chapter 36. They mocked the messengers of God. They mocked all of the prophets. They took Isaiah, stuck, him in a, stuck Isaiah in a log and cut him in half. Would you call that persecution? And despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people. God's wrath arose against his people till there was no remedy. Marpe is the word remedy. Has the same meaning there in Luke when the Bible says there'll be distress of nations with perplexity at the end of time. Aporia. Both of these have the same meaning. No way out. There ain't no way out. We don't have a way out of the national debt. We don't have any way out of all these people getting guns and shooting people from buildings and running into them with cars. There ain't no way out of this. You think they can pass laws and this will fix it? The Bible says God's going to have the world in a quandary where there is no way out. We're not a, you, we owe 23 approximately $23 trillion. You can't pay that off in 100,000 years because while you're trying to pay it off, the national debt keeps growing. Here's what we're doing. Here's the national debt. And here's our interest over here. Interest on it. And all we can do is come up with this much interest to pay on it and the debt keeps growing, so the Democrats and the Republicans come up and say, we need to cut spending somewhere so we can pay the interest. They're not even addressing the debt. It can't be paid. It's insane is what we're doing. I believe in Washington. I believe all those are not stupid men up there. And you think they don't know that we are in debt so far we can't get out? We're going to crash one day. I told the doctor that one day. I told my heart doctor. I said, America's going to crash, and with all your money, you're going to crash with us. <laughs> We're all going down together, like Billy Joel said in the song. We'll all go down together. 
but thank God we have somebody we can depend on. His name is Jesus. Yeah, you can't, and the dead keeps growing, and we keep trying to get the interest on it. That's all. That's all they're talking about when they're talking about uh, balancing the budget. It's idiocy. It's not going to balance. It has nothing to do with Democrats or Republicans. God says, I'm going to make it where you have no answer. And we don't have any. Now, let's keep reading here. Therefore brought upon them. Therefore God brought upon Israel, Judah, the king of the Chaldees. Chaldees was another name for Babylon. And he slew the young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary. He killed Levites in the house. That's what Nebuchadnezzar did. Had no compassion upon young man or maiden or old man or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into the hand of the king of Babylon. And all the vessels of the house of God, great and small, and the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king of Israel, and his princes and all these, Nebuchadnezzar took to Babylon. And they burnt the house of God, the temple, they burnt it to the ground. This was the end of Israel as a nation in the Old Testament. And they break down the wall of Jerusalem and burnt the palaces thereof with fire and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon, where they were servants to him and his sons, until the reign of the king of Persia. Well, Babylon overthrew Israel in 539 B.C. Um, excuse me, 586 B.C. And the king of Persia overthrows Babylon in 539 B.C. So it's some years later, 40 or so years later, that you jump in this one verse, you jump from 586 to 539. And this is what they were carried away for. Look at verse 21 real close. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. That was the reason he carried them away. You won't leave the land alone. What's wrong with you, Israel? You can't keep growing every year and harvesting every year. That's not ecology in, the, in, in the, that day and time. The ecology was leave the land alone every seven years. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill three score. The score is 20. 70 plus 10 years. 70 years. God says, I'm going to put you in Babylon for 70 years. And it was all because they didn't keep their Sabbaths. And the only thing to make them believe their Sabbaths and go after other gods, the other gods didn't require sabbatical years. Now, 
He says, as it's written in the book of Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah 25. Jeremiah 25. Now the Lord tells Israel, go to Babylon, stay there. I'm not going to destroy you. You went for... 490 years you never kept Sabbath. 490 years. You never kept the sabbatical years. I want to put you 70 years in Babylon. And that way the land will enjoy her Sabbaths. And she'll be fertile. You'll be able to grow. If you just let the grass grow and the shrubs grow and rot and go back to the ground here in Israel... And you can have, you can come, I'll call you back. I, I didn't take you over there to Babylon to, to, to fail. He said, you don't keep my covenant there in Psalms 89, but I'm not going to break my covenant with you just because you break it with me. Let me say that to America. Just because you don't believe God don't mean if you really belong to God he's going to forsake you because he's not those of you that are believers he said I'll put you over your 70 years and if you don't come back then I'll measure out this 70 times 7 and that'll be the 70 weeks of Daniel and we'll go into that later from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem and to Messiah the Prince the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem was in Nehemiah, the second chapter, unto Messiah the Prince, that's Jesus coming into Jerusalem to present himself. That's Messiah. That's Jesus. In Luke, the 19th chapter, from Nehemiah, the second chapter, will be seven weeks, three score, and two weeks. That'll be 400, or three... Seven weeks, three score, 483 years. And that'll be seven years to go at the end of time. Now, I want us to look here in the 29th, well, let's look at the 25th chapter first. And Jeremiah's telling Israel, here's what's going to happen to you when you're carried away. Verse 12, it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon when I bring in the Persians to destroy him. And that nation sent the Lord for their iniquity in the land of the Chaldeans will make it a perpetual desolation. Now go over here to the 29th chapter. 29th chapter. In the 29th chapter, God says, go to Babylon, marry, build houses, plant gardens, build, plant. You're going to be there 70 years. And don't anybody go over to Egypt and try to find protection from the king over there and they went over there to King Nico and he said don't go over there I'll have you chased down by a 
Babylonian soldier and they'll kill you and they may not even know what they're doing but I'll have them kill you I'm putting you over here to keep my covenant with you and then I'm going to measure this out and they did not come back if you go into Ezra the second chapter less than 50,000 people came back when Ezra gave the first decree to rebuild the temple and millions of Jews were carried off on about 40 Forty-five to 48,000 came back. That's not enough to populate the land. They didn't believe God, so he's going to measure out this 70 times 7. Look here in the 29th chapter, verse 9. For they, speaking of these false teachers, they prophesy falsely in my name. He's not talking about somebody from Moab or Egypt. He's talking about the Levites that have started becoming false teachers, the preachers of God. That's what they're doing in America. I have not sent them, saith the Lord, for thus saith the Lord in verse 10, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and causing you to return to this place. After 70 years, you'll return. But if you don't, I'll measure. This 70 weeks has to do with the end of time. Has to be due with the 70 weeks being over with. The 70 weeks is what God measured out to stop this thing called the Christ Mass. Do you know that Christmas is the most evil thing in the Bible? There's nothing more evil than that. It was the worship of these idol gods over here that Israel brought into Israel. It was the worship of the trees. and the God wasn't concerned about what they were doing up here in Greece. He wasn't concerned what they're doing over here in Babylon. He wasn't concerned with what they're doing in Egypt. He was concerned with his people, what they were doing in Israel. That's all. He didn't care about the temple of Aphrodite over here in Greece and the temple prostitutes. He wasn't preaching to them. He's only preaching to his people. The Bible was not written for everybody. It was written for God's predestinated elect family. Nobody else. What are they going to get out of it? A vessel of wrath fitted to destruction. They're not going to get anything out of it. Now, Turn over here to Zechariah, the first chapter. That's the next to the last book of the Old Testament. Zechariah. And he says repeatedly, I'm going to leave them over there in Babylon till they have enjoyed their Sabbath, till the land has enjoyed its Sabbath. Says Zechariah is prophesying around 520 BC. Zechariah, Zach, and Haggai were two prophets, and their job was to tell Israel, get off of your bottom. You stop building in 536 BC. For 16 years, you haven't done anything to the temple. Their job was to tell Israel to get back busy building. They were carried away in 538. 
I mean, excuse me. They got the decree in 538 to rebuild the temple. Zechariah and Haggai, their job was to tell them, get busy. And Zechariah says here in verse verse 12, Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou have mercy on Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, and against which thou hast had this indignation threescore and ten years? Seventy years. Repeatedly the Old Testament will say, The land has to enjoy her Sabbaths. He didn't scatter because he's going after other gods. That was a part of it. But once he scatters them, they'll quit the other gods. Every time they get back into the land of Israel, they want to go after the other gods because they don't want to keep their sabbatical years. They're tightwads. Now, I got another verse I want to give to you. Zechariah 7. Zechariah 7. Verse 4, Then came the word of the Lord of hosts unto me, saying, Speak unto all the people of the land and to the priests, and saying, When you fasten and mourn in the fifth and seventh month, even these seventy years did ye all fast unto me, even to me. He's talking about the seventy years they're supposed to be in Babylon. God scattered Israel. He said, I want you to stay in Stay in the other lands until I open up. Until I stop all the sin in Israel. We're headed right down to the end of time. I don't believe the end of time is very far away. I don't see how it could be. I gave you a paper here last week. See if I've got one here. I gave you a paper on all the lands that Israel that had ruled Israel let me write this on the board like this this has to do with the end of time Israel started with Adam there was one flesh that God gave his his word to one flesh Adam had a son named Seth. Seth took the place of Abel as it was the custom of the Jews. Their surviving son was raised up, his firstborn son, to his dead brother. And Seth had a son named Enosh. Enosh had a son named Canaan. Canaan had a son named Mahalalel. Mahalalel had a son named Jared. Jared had a son named Enoch. Enoch had a son named Methuselah, the oldest man in the Bible. He wasn't that much older than Jared. Jared lived 960 years, and Methuselah lived 969, so they were pretty close. Methuselah had a son named Lamech. Lamech had a son named Noah. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth was the eldest, Ham was the youngest. Shem received the promise of God. Shem had a son named Arphaxed. 
Arfaxid had a son named Salah. Salah had a son named Eber. Eber had a son named Reu. 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 And Reu had a son named named Hamor. Hamor had a son named Terah. Terah had a son named Abram. 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 His name later was changed to Abraham in the 17th chapter of Genesis. Abraham. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had a son named... He had 12 sons. Starts with Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Gad, Asher. He went on down to uh, Naphtali, uh, all the way down to the 12th son, Benjamin, and Joseph was the 11th son. This is what became the nation of Israel. Well, Israel, they are, Joseph is sold into bondage by his brothers because they're jealous of him because Jacob, he was Jacob's favorite son and Jacob made Joseph the head of all of Israel. You can read about that in the 38th chapter of Genesis where Joseph was 17 years old. He was his father's favorite son. He had, he was the very picture of Christ. And then uh, this was the nation. And then they go into Joseph is sold by his brothers because of their jealousy. And then we go into the story of Joseph uh, in Egypt and the story of how the famine comes and how the father sends his sons his ten sons over to Egypt to get grain so they can eat grain and keeps the youngest son Benjamin Benjamin and Joseph are special to to Jacob because Joseph is the son of his beloved Rachel that's who he loved Rachel Benjamin is the second born of Rachel. And he said, you can't take the only son I've got. He said, my son Joseph is dead. Well, he wasn't. He was the head of Egypt. He was another story. Don't have time to go into it. So Joseph is the, he's the chief lord over Egypt. And, and then they go into captivity. They go into bondage. They don't go into bondage in Genesis. They go into bondage when you get to Exodus. Exodus, they go into bondage. Exodus, the first chapter, Israel begins to multiply at such breakneck speed. I mean, they're just multiplying fast. So they they say, we've got to put them in bondage. And then they stay in bondage till the 12th chapter. That's where Moses comes and takes them out of bondage. Moses leads them out of bondage. And they go into the desert and they stay there 40 years. 
And then they come into the land after 40 years in the wilderness, after 400 years in Egypt. And when they come into the land, God tells Moses at the beginning of the 40 years, you tell Israel that if they go after any other gods and they don't keep my statutes and my commandments, that I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence over and over and over again. And for 500 years, they got the sword, the famine, the pestilence. Sword, famine, pestilence. God says, my last judgment is the beast. Is the beast. The beast was Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Babylon came in and carried Israel away, and they were under the rule of Babylon till Persia overthrew Babylon, and they were under the rule of Persia, Babylon, then Persia, and then Greece, Alexander the Great, Alex Great. This is the beast that you can find in Daniel 7, and in you'll find in Daniel 7, you'll find the beast in Revelation 13. It's like a lion, a bear, and a leopard, and a beast with iron teeth. Now, how much time do I have, Mike? 17. I ain't getting through this. So they're under rule in Greece, and then Rome subjugates the four generals of Greece that Alexander the Great leaves his armies to, and then Rome, the beast with iron teeth, rules Israel until 70 A.D., and that's when Titus comes in. During the days of Jesus, they're under the rule of Rome. The beast is in charge during Jesus' day. And then in 70 A.D., Titus, the Roman general, comes in, slaughters Israel, destroys it, pulls the temple down, and then, then it goes into these people right here. And they are under all of this rule until May 14th, 1948. And particularly June 5th through 10th, 1967, the Six-Day War, where they, where they get Jerusalem back for the first time. I'll get it in a minute. They get Jerusalem back by driving out the Jordanians And that would be the Six-Day War of 67. That's the first they had Jerusalem peaceful since they were carried away in 586 B.C. 586 B.C. You can figure that out for yourselves. 2,600 years, they're under in captivity. Now, what does this have to do with us? All of this was because Israel kept going after Christmas under another name, Baal in the Grove. Let's go back to Luke 21. You can follow this yourself. You've got this paper. 
70 AD was the destruction of Jerusalem. All the Jerusalem was not a nation during Jesus' time. Only southern Judah was back from the captivity. Not northern Israel. And northern Israel held the testament of Israel. They are the ones that had through the through Ephraim, the second born son of Joseph, that was who held the title to Israel. And then you can go through all of these, all of these, the Persian general, King Carosus II, 614, 628, 637, 688, and all these people have ruled Jerusalem. And I want us to look at Luke 21. All of this goes together. You notice the tongues, the 70 weeks of Daniel, Christmas, Easter. All of it's just one big conglomeration of a picture. It's one huge picture. I wish I could just paint it on the board for you. Make just put all the spots on it and put all the paint, all the people. You can study the men separately. Look here, Luke 21. Luke 21. Verse 20, when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies. When were they compassed with armies? 586 B.C. And they've had armies running through the streets ever since. Till the Six-Day War of 67. Then know that the desolation of Jerusalem is nigh. Jerusalem was desolated for 2,600 years. Then let them which are in the Judea flee to the mountains. Let them which are in the middle of Jerusalem depart out. Let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be the days of God's revenge upon Israel. That's what it's talking about that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to them that are with child and them that give suck in those days, for there should be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. When you read the very end of the 13th chapter of Hosea, those soldiers came in, ripped the babies out of the mother's belly, and dashed their brains out on the streets of Jerusalem. God says, you had no pity for me. I'll have none for you. And there'll be wrath upon this people Israel. And they, who are they? The Jews. Israel. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. When did that start to happen? 722 B.C.? when northern Israel was carried away, 586 B.C., when southern Judah is carried away. And Jerusalem, notice it says Jerusalem. It doesn't say Israel. It says Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until, until what? Until the times of the Gentile rule over the Jews is finished. And he's continuing the prophecies. He says there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon. I got much to say about that. Don't have time to say it tonight, right now. And in the stars and upon the earth, 
distress of nations with perplexity, aporia, no answer, no way out. If these guys in Washington can get a way out of our predicament, throw your Bible away and let's have a big party and party till we die because there is no truth if they come up with a way out. If they're right and God is wrong, I don't believe in any of those politicians. I believe they're all playing a game and it's all one big lie up there in the headquarters at Babylon. Babylon, Washington, D.C. The Bible says... God gives the kingdom of this, of this world to whomsoever he will and places over the kingdoms of this world the vilest of men, the most low down. You think any of those guys are telling the truth up there? <laughs> if they start telling the truth, they'll start talking about a daily cross and debt to self, won't they? This... The sea and the waves will be roaring at the end of time. There's going to be an upheaval in nature, and we have that right now. I don't even have time to go into that. Men's hearts will be failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass what things well for one thing the Gentile rule over the Jews is finished it's over Amos the ninth chapter says once I bring them back I will never scatter them again they're not going to be scattered anymore the reason the Iranians and the Iraqis don't attack Israel full force, and they're not, Israel has about 800 nuclear warheads. The commander that was here talked to us, told us that. And at the end of each warhead, it's about 15 to 20 nuclear missiles. When they go to what he called an apogee, they can shoot those missiles all over the Middle East. It's like Mighty Mouse sitting among a bunch of cats. They don't want to attack him. They don't want to attack Israel. Israel will make that entire desert over there look like a moonscape. They can't attack them. They're too powerful. Now read the rest of this with me. When these things begin, not when they've been going on a long time, all these things have begun that he's talking about all through this chapter. Then look up and lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. All of this is about Israel, which we are spiritual Israel, coming back in right relationship with God. And it's there's so many signs of the end, the apostasy, the preachers lying from the pulpits. The 70th week is about to enter. And he spake unto them a parable, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. 
when they now shoot forth you see and know of your own selves that summer is night and you can tell when the figs start coming out that summer is near so likewise when you shall see these things come to pass ye shall know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. The word this is a wrong translation. It's not this generation. The word is A-U-T-A-D-A. The A-D-A on the end of the word is feminine gender. That's the word her. It's the same word. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Not it, but her. The generation that's happening here, the church's generation, when all this is going on, is not going to pass away till it's all over. I believe we're facing eternity. I stay depressed every day knowing these things going through my head and I go look out at the world and the Baptists and the Pentecostals and the Charismatics and the Presbyterians are all preaching a smooth, easy gospel and they're lying. They're preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Paul said, I didn't preach that Jesus. He said, I'm afraid you'll bear with them. I don't know how to teach Christmas without teaching prophecy. I don't know how to preach, fully preach Christmas without preaching the 70 weeks of Daniel. I don't know how to preach Christmas without preaching tongues and tell you what was going on. I don't know how to preach Christmas without preaching spiritual Israel. And that's us, heavily Jerusalem, the church. I Sometimes I just don't know. i got enough papers up here to read to you from now on the rest of your life. And I can't fully cover this or comprehend it myself. I can see the picture. I hope I can paint it for you. Are you beginning to see Christmas was the old fire worship tree worship of the ancient world and Israel got involved in it and God says just for that I'll send these judgments I'll scatter you all over the world and they come back and he says I'm but Romans 11 11 says the reason Israel did this get a hold of this did Israel stumble merely to stumble God forbid they stumbled so salvation would come to the Gentiles. That's us. How can God say, Thou shalt not, and you will? You ever told your kid, Don't do that, and they will? Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever said that to one of your kids? Don't do that, and they do. And God told Adam, Thou shalt not eat of the tree in the midst of the garden, but the day you eat, you will die. It didn't say if you eat. He was made out of flesh. And that's what caused him to sin. Am I out of time?
two minutes. I'm going to stay on this subject. I hope you can see everything in the Bible is just one picture. Can you see? Are you beginning to see that? It's not a bunch of different subjects. It's all part of the same. No matter where you go, every one of those prophets were preaching to Israel because they were going after other gods or they were telling them to rebuild the temple because it had been destroyed because they went after other gods. And all the prophets were for, they were sent by God to reprimand Israel for doing all of this stuff they were doing. I don't know how to tell you all of this. I, it's just, you know how it overwhelms me? Just teaching and I'm going, whoa. How, and I, I'll stop and I'll say, I don't have time to go there right now. If I went to every one of these avenues, I'd be up here all day and all night for the next year. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for truth. I pray you'll fight our battles. Lead us to your elect family. And God, help us to live the way you'd have us to live. Seeking your will and your way. I don't even know what to say any more than what I can say. I don't need a direction to go except straight ahead. Thank you for truth. Let us cheer elect family and fight every battle we have. In Christ's name we pray, man. Amen. Hope you can begin to see this whole picture. It is a picture. Hey Jim, is there anything that when, when you pray you take your hat off? Is there anything to that? People take your hat. There's nothing there. No, nothing to it. <laughs> why don't you Why don't you cut your hair when you pray? Shave your head. Shave your head. <laughs> Well, Kelvin, what are you doing there, brother? Love you. I love you, man. Sure. How you doing? Well, I'm... Is that for me? Yeah, I got the hotel where I'm staying at. Ah, okay. How you doing? Just taking it one day at a time and just trying to... And that's all we can do. If I knew the, If I knew the answers, the only answer is follow God. Right. You're not supposed to be happy about everything. That's the way the world tries to make it seem. But, it, it's but not real. How, that is, who do you think is happy? You think rich people are happy? Why do they keep trying to make more money and beat people out of money? They're not happy. A man that loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. That's what Solomon said. It's, it's, it's so ingrained in the culture. It, it, and it's just not true. I don't know of anybody outside the truth that's really happy. Do you? They, they can show paint a picture like they paint a picture but it's just not true don't we have don't we have that over there let's go over here and see if we got it over here otherwise I can make you a copy what are you doing? How you doing? You bought me an orange. Good. Thank you. 
I've got I've got a copy up here you can have. You can just I've got two or three of them. Here, I'll just give you one of these. I got some right here if you'll be patient with me. I got it right here because I got more over in my bag. I intend on being I got it up here. I had it here. Hold on a second. I'll find it. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? I'm hanging on. How you doing? I'm fine. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you need somebody around the house to help, like, clean up and do grocery shopping and stuff no. like that? We wouldn't know where to, where to have anybody do it. I just well, go out every day and do it. I'd be willing to. to well, we, I wouldn't even know how to do it. Okay. I just thought I'd check. You know, I just I get up and go to the bank every day and... Yeah. Let me find him a copy of this. Okay. I got more than one copy in my package here. Well, I, no, here, I got one here. I know I do. I'm looking for the one where all these people were, uh, Israel was under the rule of all these people. I, I got it too, I got it too. Here, here's one. Here's one. Take that. I got some more of them. Give him one of those Christmas papers down there. Y'all want some gum? You want some gum? Okay, hold on. Here you go. There's yours. You can unwrap it. Now give me a hug. I love you. Here you go. 
There you go. Come and give me a hug. I love you. Oh, So Glenn can uh, get put the okay. Stuff in Let me open it. Get it out right away. Kill Miss Mary with upper and middle. Okay, I my back's hurting. Yeah. Okay. It's 
I got to get my. I'm trying to broadcast to the nation. You got to take that off, don't you? <laughs> you got to unscrew that and take it off. Do you, look, you look exactly like my father. I do. I had a picture on my Matter of fact. Oh, Larry No, no, he passed about, about five years ago. Larry. And uh, Larry Hill. And uh, yeah, we got into it like that. And I'm when I look at some of the older messages, you know, uh, right. Oh, you may see him. You may see him.